a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, uh, presented by Alpine Star Protects. Thanks for listening. This is another exciting edition of Soundcheck Pod, which... Uh, a lot of great feedback from you guys so far. We've done Adam Cincerillo, Zach Osborne, and Cole Seeley. And uh, people seem to really enjoy these. And thank you for listening. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been fun. Flyracing.com, the official gear of the uh, man on the phone, as well as Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Benny Blossom, many others. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. They make much more than gear, by the way, also. Uh, mountain bike stuff, uh, snowmobile stuff. It's that season for you people in the north. Check them out for snowmobile stuff, watercraft. Flyracing.com. They've got it going on i just made that slogan up right now also to alpine star protects uh you know their boots the tech sevens the tech eights the tech tens it's a fantastic company the boots are one of the best out there if not the best we've got a whole line of protection products that go underneath your jersey underneath your pants or the neck brace that goes right on over top uh please check them out uh the same name and quality of alpine stars uh stands with the line that Stands to reason their whole line of protection products would work as well. Also, so we thank Fly Racing. We thank Alpine Star Protects for coming on. Like I said, this is another sound check pod. Only this guy on the line actually has some credentials to talk about music and to know about music and everything else. Uh, he is X125 250 Supercross racer, Geico Honda member, privateer hero, regional lights arena cross champion, Daniel Blair. What's up, Daniel? How are you, man? Uh, pumped to be on, and I'm ready to be crucified for some of the picks that I have in my sound check. But I'm ready. I've, I've toughened up like uh, <laughs> Happy Gilmore did before the season. I'm toughened up. I'm ready to go. Bring it on. I think, to me, I don't know if you can be crucified. Everybody's picks are everybody's picks, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I guess. That's, you know? Well, that's the music thing, right? Is everyone's got their style and what kind of like you know resonates with them. And these songs kind of did with me. And I listened to the first three that you did, and... I mean, it's funny because you could kind of tell, like with Adam, I could tell the theme. I knew right. what he was digging into, like easy. Cole was confusing. I was, I was baffled a yep. few times, and then Zach was pretty consistent. I kind of knew what he was going yep. for. So uh, I got my own little theme, and we'll, we'll get into um, it. Now, for people who don't know, uh, you were the lead singer of the main event, a band that is on and off and on and off. Can't quite figure it out. You guys have contributed some tracks to the new uh, video game, the ATV M M Motocross uh, MX versus ATV video game. Um, now, you've actually performed. What's the, been the biggest concert that you guys ever did? Um, I would say by name, we played the Warp Tour in uh -huh. 2007. Um, and that was like, you know, a, a, a big named event, big festival, mm -hmm. a lot of huge bands. So that, but 
then again, we were on a local stage. We were still a small band at that time, so it wasn't like the biggest crowd. I'd say the like the most poppin' concert we did was, man, I think it was our last one. We played. We opened for Buck Cherry in Sacramento a couple of years back, and that one was. I'm not a Buck Cherry fan at all, mm-hmm. uh, but it was cool because the. Cr- I mean, it was sold out, huge crowd. Um, I mean, just kind of local for us. Sacramento's not far yeah. away, so a lot of people there were into it, and I would, I would probably lean that one probably the yeah. best. It's pretty awesome to be on stage, though. Uh, I think every athlete wants to be a rock star, and every rock star wants to be an athlete, right? Yeah, I. And that's kind of how our old band got started. Was mainly my brother. He's like. He's more the music guy than I was. He he was kind of the founder of all this. Um, but, yeah, it was like, man, that'd be cool if we could be in a band someday. And then we kind of did it and then uh-huh. kind of went back to the racing thing. Like you said, went yeah. back and forth, right. racing, band, racing, band. And then now I'm done with both, so it's good. What? <laughs> I mean, it, okay, so, I mean, we all know, listen to this, that, uh, you know, to make a 250 Supercross main event, is phenomenal. You're an amazing rider. To make a 450 main event, you're an amazing rider. You've done that numerous times. Uh, top 10, you've done that. That's another step. It's so gnarly, so incredible. Um, the guy on the couch maybe doesn't understand, and this is something that you've done. Now, you never made the podium. You never made success uh, as far as winning a race, but you know you did what 99% of other people couldn't do. In music, I mean, this, is, you know, this would have been awesome if the main event could have you know, become another Buck Cherry or, or, or Blink or any of these bands. Um, it's a little harder than Blink, but anyways. But are, are the, is it similar at all, Daniel, to making it in the music business? Like, did you just need that breakout ride? Or what, what had to happen and what has to happen in a sense of how um, lucky you got to get, same as motocross and supercross? Or, you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, no, 100%. And I've been asked that before. And the truth is, I think to make it, like if we want to use the term make I think the music thing is harder in a sense because it's a little bit luck of the draw. There's so many good bands that I, cause I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty into music now. Like yeah. now that I've become kind of a musician, I'm, I'm a lot deeper in it than I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And there are some incredible bands that literally aren't going to make it. They're going to barely make enough to just get by for 10 years and then be done with it. And it's just not fair because the industry's weird. The timing, you have to kind of get lucky and know somebody. Where with racing, I, I, as long as you're pretty good, I think it's kind of on you, and you can really like okay. take control yeah. and make it for yourself. With music, dude, you could be the crappiest band in the world and be huge, <laughs> or the best band in the world and go nowhere. It is, it is yeah, yeah. so much more luck of the draw. So I, 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 and for us, I thought we we got started a little too late. Mm-hmm. I was married. Um, so I, we weren't able to fully commit like bands should do yeah, when they yeah. want to make it. So we had our own things going against us, which was totally fine. But yeah, the music thing, man, it's, right. I mean, it's um, baffling some of the bands that have blown up and they're just, oh, it's, it's, it's so pretty wild. So let me ask you this. Can you, so if you can, can you be a band? And again, pardon these ignorant, maybe these are some of these are dumb questions, but as much as you know about music, I, I love to ask you because I love music and that's why I started these. If you're... If you're a band that's on a label, you guys got on a label, right? Never did. Okay. No, we had a couple opportunities, and both of them were not good. They were bad labels that were small that didn't have much. They were they were nothing. They, we okay. never really got an opportunity. So no, I can. Can you worked. make a living being like a small club band and dri- driving around America, or is that just no way? <laughs> no. no way. No, that industry is jacked, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, even even some of the big bands, they they get 
severely underpaid as far as what it would take. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember too, there's either four or five members in a band, unless mm-hmm. you're like, you know, uh, Green Day or one yeah. of those that's a three piece. So you got to feed four or five people. You usually are going to have a little bit of crew. You got to be making pretty good money just to even get by. I mean, I know a lot of bands that were making 10 grand a show. And at the end of a tour, they had not much to show for it. So really, it, huh? Okay. You got to, yeah. yeah, and that's the problem with music. It's you're either pretty damn big or you're like trying so hard and you're getting nothing and you're sleeping in your van. There, there's, yeah, you know yeah. how there's a disparate, uh, you know, the, the difference between the top and this sport and the bottom? Yeah. And that's how it is. It's literally get rid of the middle guys and let's go Roxton <laughs> and Tomac and then go like, End of the pits. Right. That's music. There's not much middle ground. It's you either make it yeah. or you're um, eating McDonald's off the value menu. Funny to see all the bands hitting the tours over and over and over because that's all how they make money now. That's it. That's how that's, you make money. That's it. Yeah. Now the label, the whole label thing, and Napster and all that. It 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 did its thing. It it killed the industry as far as that goes. I still think there's good music out there, but. It's all in live now. It's that's how these guys get paid, and you got to think. I mean, you've been you went to U two, right? Like recently? twice. Yeah, I went twice. Oh, dude. So and these guys, the music has changed. There, there is no such thing as like really breaking through anymore, unless uh-huh. you're twenty one yeah. pilot. There's a few. Well, um, so all these older bands are holding on and touring just nonstop because they're the only real draw. Yeah. I mean, nobody, no one's making it anymore, and those guys, they have the. They had the fan base, so why not? If they're if they can walk, yeah. <laughs> then they're out there. Well, I, in one of those three pods I did, these sound check pods, I was complaining about how I want to get into new music. I really do. I just I can't hear it. I don't know where to go to hear it. It doesn't pop up in my thing. I doesn't. I don't have given enough time to listen to it, and I find myself reverting to the same you know twenty bands from two thousand and two to nineteen seventy. You know what I mean? And I, and I want yeah. new music, but it's so tough to find it, man. Well, I don't – the problem is there's not much left that can be done, I don't think. It's it's all been done. You have to put a real twist on something to mm-hmm. kind of break through as original. Otherwise, people hear you go, oh, they sound like so-and-so. And then if that happens, you're done you're because done. <laughs> now you're just like a light version of something else that's already come and gone. So – it's hard, man. I mean, I have bands that I like that are new and emerging. I mean, one of the ones on my list uh, later in the later in the podcast um, is fairly new, and they're actually sort of somehow making it. Um, but it's and they're they're kind of unique, and but it's for the most part, yeah, it doesn't exist, man. Everybody wants to copy and just kind of do their own little twist to things, and that's yeah. There's not much left to do. Now you mentioned your brother Vincent uh, was the real brains behind the band and everything else. Do you play anything? Do you do you do anything? Play any instruments? Um, like I would say mid pack novice guitar player. Okay, All so right. like yeah, yeah. I can strum some chords and yep. and I can actually play enough to where I can write. Like, okay, I can write music. Yep, but I can't perform or record. Like I would never build a track in the studio. I'm not that good, but right, right. I can I can I can get by. And that's a lot of the writing that we did came from that. Vincent yeah. would give me an idea, then I would play around the guitar and kind of come up with melodies. So good enough to like yeah. write stuff to pass on to him because right. he's. Now, he was the uh, he was more the musician. Uh, now for your list for your sound check list presented by uh, Alpine Star Protects the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, you kind of gamed your sound check list a little bit, Blair. I don't and I don't care. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with it. But you you have these in order, and you're very specific on putting them in order. And and so you're doing something a little different than those other three guys. Yeah. Well, I the problem is is I like I like a lot of music. 
But I, this was kind of hard for me in a way because I didn't know whether to go, okay, do I go with my 10 favorite bands and pick a song from each? Or do I take my, uh, pick my 10 favorite songs regardless of the band? Uh-huh. And I thought, you know what? I think it'd be cooler to just start from the beginning when I first heard music and thought, wow, I kind of like that yeah. noise. That's cool. To what I'm listening to today. So I, and, and all of the bands I picked have different meanings for different times. Yeah. yeah. And they're not necessarily my favorite bands, but they, maybe the song I chose was sure. really impactful at that moment. So that's why I want to do it a little different. That way you guys can kind of follow the, a story of, <laughs> yeah. I guess, my own personal development. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm going to get crucified because there's a couple on there that I know people are going to be, like, rolling their eyes. But, yeah. hey, man, you, you like what you like. And yeah. What well, I like. Absolutely. Uh, hey, could be worse. I've been waiting for Kiefer's list forever because he cannot nail down the one Goo Goo Doll song that he likes the most. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. Ten Goo Goo Doll songs? Dude, I don't know. It, it's been terrible, though. He's been he's been dragging it out because he just cannot pick one Goo Goo Doll song. So, Jeez, um, that's, that's good. All right. Yeah, let's get right into this. And so I'm going to play a little bit of the music. We'll let it go. And uh, you talk about uh, why you picked it, what it means to you, what it makes you think of, and everything else, man. I think people will really dig it. All right. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Talking about love, Van Halen. Uh, now, I would have preferred some Sammy Hagar. We'll get into that. But uh, <laughs> what's up with that, Blair? Why Why that well, one? When I sent you the list, I was surprised you didn't just, you know, do the little flip off emoji back. Because <laughs> I can't believe you're putting up with David Lee, dude. Hey, and that's my question for you. Do you not like David Lee Roth or do you just prefer Sammy? No, listen. Um, I like oranges, okay? Oranges are okay. But I really <laughs> like apples. And grapes, pears, okay? Halen with DLR is just an orange to me. I'm not throwing it away, but I'm not picking it up. I'm not I'm not going for it. You know what I mean? It still nah. has Eddie. It still has Eddie, which I feel is just incredible. And I mean, will I will I crank Panama? Yes. You know, will I crank this one? Yes. Or Unchained? Yes. But it's doesn't doesn't hold a candle to Hagar. So you're not invested all the way in the band with David Lee. You'll listen, but Sammy's where the heart is. I think, and you know what's funny, though, is solo Sammy, I'm just, 
I'm back to being an orange with Solo Sammy. Do you know a what banana. I mean? It, or a banana. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. It's got to be Eddie and Sammy and those those four discs that they made were magical, lyrically, musically, everything. And then Solo Sammy is good. And Van Halen with David Lee is good. But they the sell, you add peanut butter and chocolate and you get, you know, incredible Reese's Cups <laughs> and Hagar and Halen to me. So... Anyways, but this All is your right. this is your sound check, so I know, but I'm just surprised we were able to even get through it. When I sent it to you, I thought there was going to be a problem. Nah, but, uh, no, it's okay. It's all right. So, so I my first introduction to music was I live in Northern California, and when I first started racing, I there was no 50 riders around my area, so my parents would take me to Southern California every weekend. I raced. I spent so many hours in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. So I grew up listening to you know Bon Jovi, Skid Row. Van Halen, um, Motley Crue, that whole generation of music. But this one was always kind of my favorite, and it eventually kind of was the start to even my music career. That Well, I wouldn't call it a career. My music hobby that lasted for a little bit. Because this was the first song that I learned how to play on a guitar was that opening riff. Okay. And it was also the first riff my brother ever learned how to play on the guitar. And I think it's because it was my dad's favorite band and song. Um, so this one just kind of stands out and, and, but that whole genre was, you know, I know it's the cheesy, whatever genre, but dude, that's what I grew up on as a kid traveling all over the country, raced in Ponca city and the world minis. And I would just listen in the back of the truck, little kid growing up. And that's, yeah. that was the first time I ever heard music was like, man, but there's like something to this. There's like an actual rhythm to the noises. Like this, <laughs> this is bitching. I like this. You're lucky that your mom and dad were into that music though, too. Plenty of them weren't, you know what I mean? That's cool though. They yeah. were into it. And they, they were, they were, they were into that, um, into that style and they were into everything. So I grew up listening to Metallica too, a little bit, um, and other stuff, some of the older classic rock, but that was the genre that stood out to me. And it wasn't because of the lifestyle either. Now that I'm older, I look back and I'm like, oh, that lifestyle was pretty rad. Uh, but as a kid, it was just the sound that I, I liked. The Metallica was always a little too heavy for me. Mm-hmm. The classic stuff was maybe a little bit too long-winded, but that stuff was just exciting. I, I always thought that that genre had so much energy and like it has a fun vibe. Right. So as a kid, that's the first thing that struck. And then, yeah, when I learned how to play guitar, I, that's the first riff I wanted to learn. And it's weird because I haven't played guitar in probably – two or three years and I could literally grab and play it. Like yeah. it's, it's like embedded in there yeah. somehow. But yeah, I, I love Van Halen. I like Sammy and David Lee Roth. I actually saw David Lee Roth perform with steel Panther in Vegas a few years back. Really? Uh, uh, just, he yeah. He just was in the crowd, dude. And they, those guys call people up all the time and he went up there and saying he ripped. He was, um, oh, no way. He was good. He looked <laughs> like a skeleton, but, um, but he was pretty good. I went on, uh, they were on the reunion tour with, with DLR, and the night of the show, I'm like, you know what? Eddie's 65 years old or 62. He could drop dead tomorrow, and I should go see them. And so I bought a ticket by myself. Wife didn't want to go. And I went to the MGM, the arena in MGM, and watched uh, the Unconvenient Truth or whatever, or Inconvenient Truth yep. tour they went on. And um, I enjoyed it, but David Lee can't sing anymore. He can't do anything. He's done. Like, he's just done. So... <laughs> But it was a little bit like Game watching yeah, over. A little bit like watching GNR for me a little while ago. I went to GNR, wife and I went, and Axel could could hit the old notes and could sound the same maybe twenty percent of the time. The other eighty percent he was Ugh. he was rough. But I mean, I get a little pissed off when people you know, D L R or Hagar Halen, I mean, 
you cannot write off Eddie's influence in in guitar playing. I mean, he's a genius. He's he's an absolute yeah, yeah. genius. And people just write him off as some sort of hair metal band. It's like like when you put him up against Warrant. No, no, no. They Eddie was amazing and is amazing and is a groundbreaker. And, and you know, so that people lump him into these into these hair metal bands. I'm like, no, Eddie Van Halen is. is you ask any any serious yeah. musician, you know. Well, that genre gets picked on a little bit because it was a little flamboyant and cheesy, so people can pick on it. But then there are some select few in that that were really like revolutionary. He yeah. was one. Uh, to me, Sebastian, uh, Sebastian Bach as a vocalist yep. was. Yep. I don't care what you say about the guy. The dude was a. He could rail off any. I mean, there was a few guys in that genre that actually were freak musicians that. They yeah. get lumped into it just because it's, you know, the, yeah. the, the glammy whatever, but it, it's not really fair. But, uh, okay, all right, next one. Uh, that was 1978? Yep. We're, we are going to jump all the way to 96 for your next one. Here, here it is. Yep. I mean, were you not into Smash, the one before this, where everybody was exposed to Offspring Blur? No, I was, and that's—I mean, they were—that was my first um, kind of launch into the Offspring, and I—I I loved them from the beginning. And you, you talked about the gap, right? I, I wasn't into music before that. The Van Halen thing was just kind of like—I mean, I was a kid. I didn't yeah. even know who they all were. Right. I just like—that's what I listened to as a kid. But as I'm getting up to be 13, 14, I'm starting to like understand music more and starting to pick and choose what I actually like and kind of get into the band stories. And I just love that singer, man. Dexter is like one of the best. I mean, he's one of my favorite vocalists of all time. So I love Smash, but that song was the first song that I can think back where I remember being in my room and I had a tape player and I would listen to it 
rewind it, listen to it. Rewind. That was the first one that ever happened to me. And it, that song, maybe because of the meaning and it's a little bit of a, you know, a sad tale. That's the first one that got me. And I can remember like being like a little obsessive. And like I said, I love Smash, but that song, when that one came out, I, dude, it was like, like real emotion, yeah. man. I was sucked into that thing. Uh, Offspring's good. They're underrated. They're, they're good. Um, that, Way underrated. That Gotta Get Away. Uh, and there's another one on Smash, too. Um, that came out around Green Day time, and I played Green Day and Offspring over and over and over. And then I got into their first one with Ignition. No, what was it called? Uh, their other one. Yeah, Ignition. was called Ignition. And they have a song called Dirty Magic on that one. It's really good. Yep. And uh, I liked... Um was it Ixnay on the Ombre? Yeah, that's the title of this um, one. Yeah, Gone Away. Yeah, yeah, that, see, that that album I liked a lot, too. That one, I, I mean, I, I like I said, I kind of fell off of them as they moved on. Like a lot, And that happens a lot. Not many bands for me, I can stick around forever. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of like that. I kind of lost it after maybe the first couple albums with them. Yeah. I just grew on to other things, yeah, naturally. Yeah. Um, but they were, like, definitely influential. And you said kind of underrated. And it's weird because there's a lot of bands that, have found success later that you hear them always say, oh, Offspring was one of my biggest influence. And yeah. they were, they were like the first kind of commercial, well, them in Green Day, like you said, yeah. um, kind of commercialized punk, but I mean, that song right there, song at all. That's yeah. a, that's a good song. A, I, yeah, it's, it's something different. And they had that, they had that part of them too. And uh, I really like that side of them a lot. Pretty fly for a white guy. I'm off. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, that was like, I, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that was the label made them do that or told them to do that or their manager. Somebody said, hey, do that song, and that song sucked. Oh. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. That was a sellout, cheesy, get on the radio. Yeah. And it might have backfired, to be honest. I, I, that song did suck. Um, now, Dexter, the lead singer, he's like a, a rocket scientist or something, and I've heard podcasts with him. The guy's rad. Sounds like an awesome dude, yeah. you know? So. Weirdly smart. Um, yeah. And also, you know, the weird thing on him is is in the beginning of their band, he didn't want to be the singer. He was insecure about his voice. He didn't think that, that he had the right sound, whatever. And he kind of, I guess, in his early stages, got a little pushed into it. And then, obviously, like, he was dumb because his voice was, I mean, to me, one of the most ripping vocals. Yeah. Oh, and at least in in my opinion. So, but it's funny to know, like in the beginning stages, before they were ever blew up, before they even really were formed, that he didn't want to be the singer. Yeah. Um. And then, well, that worked out. Now, you said that song, you know, was deep. And what is it about? What was it about? I've never really paid attention. I like it, but what's it about? Um, it's like someone dying, um, oh, okay. and then being far away, and like the, just it's like the feeling of what happens when you lose somebody. Oh, okay. And like I said, and that's the age thirteen, fourteen for me, where mm-hmm. I was like learning what emotions really are. Because like I have a seven year old, and he cries a lot. Yep. But he's not really, like, emotionally distraught. He's just, like, pissed and doesn't know how to deal. <laughs> but when you're, like, 13, 14, you start, like, really yeah. feeling things. Right. And that song, when I found out, like, what it meant and, like, started understanding what death was, I was like, oh, man, this is, surprised. Uh, this one's got me a little bit. I'm surprised you don't have a song from uh, whatever year it was. You had a full-page photo in MXA. <laughs> what was that? Uh, 97. No, no, 87. Yeah. 87. 87. Full pager. Um yeah. all right, uh next one. Uh I like this yep. one. This was this is a good one. Let's uh next up on sound check.
Is this Adam Cincerella or Daniel Blair? <laughs> I know. When I heard him pick that, um, like I said, I could, I knew right away. I, I could tell with Adam, like, just his personality, his Twitter. I'm like, dude, he's a Blink guy for sure. And then sure enough, first <laughs> song, he rips off a Blink song. Yeah. Um, and, I'll, and I'll be honest with you, I don't, I'm not a Blink fan. Like that, I like maybe three songs total from them, but okay. I loved this song. And yeah. it was like, I think it was just that same time, like little adolescent. Uh-huh. Uh, if I'm being honest, uh, I went to a private school growing up, so I was a little bit... Um, held back from the real world and uh-huh. this song had the f word in it so i thought it was pretty sick at the time <laughs> um and i thought for sure i'm gonna go to school and tell all the chicks like yeah i like blink 182 you hear that song right, um right but I, yeah i'm not really a blink guy but that song was like it was weird because i, I mean i already listened to offspring so i kind of had a, a, a jump yep. into punk i liked green day green day is a norcal band so yep. I, I already liked them but i don't know if it was their music videos or what but right when blink kind of came out i just it was just an impactful kind of like turning point in my life, and they were like, like a little bit of a soundtrack there for a while. And like I said, I'm not huge into the band. I I kind of like Tom DeLonge. I just heard him on a podcast recently, and he's a weird dude. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I you know I, I yeah. like him, and I like Blink, but I never really was like into them. I've never seen them in concert. I'm uh-huh. not like a Blink guy, but that song for whatever reason, I just it always stood out as one that I would. You know, I played a lot, like, kind of in those adolescent years. Uh, when you're in the band, do you, did you guys play covers? And, and what covers would you do? We did um, two covers. Um, the first one, I know, is going to make no sense at all, but it was, like, seriously. It, okay, we, I'll, I'll start with the one that we did sometimes. <laughs> it was pretty cool. We did Thunder in Your Heart from the movie Rad. And I've been telling my brother for... <laughs> Since day one that we need to redo that song, record it, modernize it. But the movie Rad is the coolest movie ever, and Thunder in Your Heart is like the best a little. Um, and then we, I somehow convinced my brother, who is the stubbornest person on the planet, I convinced him to do um, the soundtrack song from 8 Mile. Um, okay. What's the one? What's, the, what's it called? Lose Yourself. Lose yourself and yeah. we actually did that song for probably about six months. And, dude, I had to learn every lyric of that thing. And it was long, I mean, oh, rapping, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But we made it into a rock song, and every time we played it, everyone went absolutely crazy, and my bro- it made my brother sick. He hated that people liked that. <laughs> and eventually he just said, dude, I'm not doing it. And he stopped, and I, it, it was stupid. People loved it. We almost had, like, a little thing going where people knew we were going to play it, and they were, like, waiting. And Vincent hated that. I don't, I don't get it. I, I, he was too prideful or something but yeah so we used to play lose yourself oh. and uh dude it was it was cool we i mean it was a full like rock version of it and yep. it was I'm, I'm telling you i told my brother he blew it yeah but uh um that damn it from blink 182 they i like blink they've got a lot of great songs that might be their finest one i've told the story a few times but um it was you know i got into i thought I'm, i came from canada to be a mechanic in 96 and i heard um uh lag wagon and strung out and no effects and all these other bands for the first time, uh, and um, 
that Blink r- r- reminded me of a poppier stuff of that kind of music. You know what I mean? Of punk stuff. Yeah, I they, was like, yeah, they weren't as punk. They were, I guess, uh, maybe maybe a little bit of the pop punk. Yeah. They they were more fun about it. They yeah. weren't so serious. Like the other ones, I mean, they were straight up like punk, yeah. you know, or at least trying to be somewhat punk. Yep. Blink, I think, was like punk influence, but they were more just fun. They were yeah. like goofy dudes that kind of, and I think. From what I understand, I remember even Tom DeLonge saying, like, they didn't even, like, mean to make it. It was almost like an accident. Like, they didn't, you know, he, yeah. they, it wasn't like they were all like, we're going to make it. They just, like, played, and then all of a sudden they were like, whoa, we're really good and kind of huge all of a sudden. Yeah. So I, I think they were more fun, and then, obviously, it all goes raw because every band just, that's right. what happens. They all they all lose it and don't like each other anymore and can't yeah. handle being rich. But, yes, um, it's amazing. Yeah, I, yeah, it is amazing. All right, next one up for you, and this is the last song of your in your list that I've heard of. The next no one, way. yeah, the next one's I'm out, dude. I don't know where you got these bands from. I like some of the stuff I heard, but we'll get into it more. But uh, here's your uh, number four on the sound check: Fly Racing and uh, Racer X Podcast. Here we go. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation. No breathing. Don't give a fuck if I. Resort by Papa Roach. I hadn't heard that for so long, Blair, until you told it, dug it up for me. Yeah, <laughs> this is the one I feel like I'm going to get crucified, and I'm going to put my heels in the ground. And if you guys don't like that song, you're all wrong. I'm telling you right now. And not only the song, but the band. Papa Roach gets ripped on, dude. I, I, yeah. I have friends that are like, dude, Nickelback, Papa Roach. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't put those two in the same sentence. Not the same. <laughs> Papa Roach, and, I, and I'll, I'll explain to you why everybody that hates on Papa Roach is wrong. But first off, i got to tell you how they became, yeah. honestly, the first band that I ever got into. Like, I liked the Offspring song. I liked the Blink song, whatever. Papa Roach was the first band that I ever, like, I got, like, invested into and became, like, a real, like, diehard fan. And um, my first concert ever is 1998, I think. It's the first of my dad took me to a concert okay and it was kid rock limp biscuit stained um and dude all i can remember about being there is seeing the puffs of smoke when i got into the stadium <laughs> people were just smoking there's these big old puffs coming up everywhere i'm like oh my god this is 
Like, I'm still like a mid-high school yeah. age guy, and I, you know. But I watched them, and I knew who Limp Biscuit was. Yeah. I'm like, they're okay, like, whatever. But the, none of them were impressive, but there was this band on the local stage, because they had a little stage to the side, and there was this band over there, and it happened to be right where I was sitting. I was on the side, little bleacher. And this band smoked everybody. And it wasn't just the band, it was mostly the singer. Like, this guy was out of control, never stopped moving, ripped every note, I, and he was a local, like, nobody. Like, these, it was just a nobody stage. Okay. And I didn't know who they were, but this one song stood out, and it was Last Resort. So fast forward six months later, I'm in shop class in high school, and our shop teacher, like, literally didn't give a damn. Like, we literally played cards and listened to music the whole time. <laughs> and all of a sudden, cut my life into pieces. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, I've heard that. What is that? Yeah. And I did my research. Sure enough, they're from Vacaville, and it was Papa Roach, the band I saw on the side stage. And that was right when they blew up. They went from a local band that played at, like, high schools to number one on the radio overnight. And it was that song and album, the Infest album. And that was the first time, maybe because they were local and I saw them um, and I, you know, just the whole kind of uh -huh. thing, how it happened. But they became my first, like, I'm a diehard super fan. And I got into that world, like the POD, Linkin Park yep, kind of stuff yep, too. Yep. But none of it to me was Papa Roach. And long story, kind of fast forward. And this girl who works on Sirius, Shannon Guns, she's like friends with Jacoby, the singer. And she's like, hey, do you want to go backstage and meet him? And I'm like, I, uh, no. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like way too nerd. Like, I like love the guy. Right. And um, sure enough, I went back there and got to stand on stage, watch them perform, and then meet him and hang out with him and his family. And then now we're buddies. Like, I. Oh, stop. His kids, stop. No, his kids go. No, his kids have gone to come see me race Arena Cross. Um, dude, I randomly get 3 a.m. text messages from him, just like, what's up, bro? How are you? And like, he, he, he's now like a friend of mine. And it's like weird for me because I'm trying to act normal. I'm like, hey, bro, what's up? But really, I'm like, holy shit, it's Jacoby. Right. Are so, they still um, around? Are they still making music? Oh, are they still touring? Where, where are you, bro? They, <laughs> Sorry, bro. Number one on the radio, like every album, like they just put another album out. They've got like two hits that are number one. They've. They've literally put out like eight or nine albums, and every Stop one it. has at least three number ones in rocks every single time. No, I don't think so. I, I need to double, I need to do some double checking on this. When we get off this, yeah. get on your Wikipedia <laughs> right. and catch up, dude. They and, and the best thing about them, and this is why I'm going to argue to anyone who hates on them, because people hear a couple singles and just think, oh, it's Papa Roach, whatever. Their albums, every song is good. I, I can vouch that every song on every album is awesome. Yeah. And they change every album. They go to a different producer every time on purpose. They always go to someone new, so yeah. they never sound the same. And they have a new little twist to who they are every time. And, yeah, number one songs in rock, like every so album. Is every it, album. Is everybody a millionaire in the band? Like, are they making money still? Oh. Are they... I mean, yeah, I um, well, I, I shipped his uh, his kids a couple jerseys after Arena Cross, uh -huh. and when I, I, I mean, this is like really creepy, but I had to Google search the uh, address. <laughs> I want to know where he lived, and uh, yeah, they're, he's doing just fine. Okay, really, all right, yeah, yeah, he's doing um, just. Honestly, fine. I this sounds like my third eye blind. Like everybody remembers Graduate and uh, and Semi Charm Life, and then they checked out of Third Eye Blind. Right, everybody checked out of them. <laughs> And I'm like, and no, 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 no. Fair. I'm like, wait, wait. They've got music all the time, and it's really good. And everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're now that guy with Papa Roach.
<laughs> yeah, no, they uh, they have a lot of music at Supercross. Like when they're doing opening ceremonies and stuff like that. I swear, every year they grab from their album and catalog. There, well, why, why don't you get Jacoby to come to a Supercross? Because the Feld guys will absolutely blow him if he shows up. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be them. Believe me. <laughs> we we wouldn't make it we wouldn't make it into the pits. This is no, a, that's completely a, joking. Hey, that but is no, he, it, that is an awesome story. Seriously, that's great. No, it is, and that's and it's weird. And they're from Vacaville. They don't live there now, yeah. but um, yeah. and they have the exact same band members except for the drummer, the guitar player, the bass player, yeah. and the singer, Jacoby, are all like best friends get along the only issue was the drummer and he was gone like four albums ago um, and it was for his own issue it was like drug related right stuff. so it's like they're surprisingly just still doing it and wow. every album modernizing a little and staying relevant they're i feel like i I've, mean they're in europe right now killing it they're, i feel like i've learned something i feel like i've learned something today that's awesome um well, we, we, we apparently you don't know my next six, so you're about to be educated um, on, uh, on, Roach, on some music here. Papa Roach, still around and still rocking. That's cool. And then you yeah, know, and you, and you know the guy. That's cool. yeah, it's super weird. And he was the first like like individual character who I like was a fan of. Like I said, when I met him, it was like right. I was like really, and I don't get nervous about much. And I was like, oh my god! And then he was the coolest, friendliest. Right. Nicest dude. His family, his kids are like yeah, yeah. super funny, goofy kids. Like that, it, dude. It's it was weird. It was very for me. It was like the most surreal moment. Be like, because um, yeah, be, be like I, me, I me meeting Hagar. Many. It'd be like me meeting Hagar. Oh, dude. Yeah. What Same. would you do? I don't know. Probably poop myself. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, I gotta use the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. All right, yeah, that's a good so. story. Yeah, I just yeah, I, pretty I, cool one. That is cool. Awesome. Um, all right, next up, here we go. Daniel Blair's sound check. This is uh, we're running, we're doing this late. It's only song number five, but hang in there, everybody. We'll get there. Uh, do you know this guy, by the way, or anything to this band? No, actually, I'm not a huge fan of this guy. Okay, uh, right. but I love this band. They're right. on my podium. All right.
Dancing for Rain by Rise Against. You don't know who Rise Against is? Yes, I do, actually. Uh, didn't Seeley have Rise Against? Somebody had Rise Against. Um, I don't know if he did. Yes, yeah, so somebody else did. But um, Donk, uh, my buddy Donk, told me about Rise Against. Yeah, so they are like, it's funny because they're a punk band, but they're also very commercialized. And a lot of the punk bands, like, don't like them very much sure. because yeah. they really... They, that song that you just heard, that was like when they were first kind of breaking out, and it was still a little bit more punk, and a little bit more raw, whatever. Mm-hmm. They all of a sudden went from like this kind of neat, cool band to like like big time overnight success, like stadiums. And a lot of punk bands didn't like that. And I I, I always liked punk a little bit, but mm-hmm. for me, they commercialized enough to where they I, I liked them. And yeah. I, they're one of my top three favorite bands. They're to me like a lot like Papa Roach in a way, where every album like crushes it for me and lately they haven't they've done like one or two lately that i yeah whatever but they took a long break there for a while but they went on a little run three or four albums that just oh man um, i've probably i mean i've spun those cds as much as anything I, i'm a huge rise against any particular reason for this song or just your favorite song of rise against um this song and it's weird it'll tie into moto a little bit so i actually did a racer x films video way back like oh my gosh 2000 and Five, maybe? Um, and a guy named Matt Francis is a local guy that lived in Lodi. Yep, I know I've Matt. Since I was little kid. Yep. Dude, he was just a Lodi dude and was getting out of school, doing video stuff. And that was his first video he ever did in Moto, ever. Oh, wow. Um, it was with me at my house, and we used that song. And he ended up getting a job with Racer X, and the rest is history. He was, I mean, he's done a lot with Racer I mean, you know him. Yeah. Um, nope. he had so, a- yeah, that was... He had to he bow out of our fantasy league. league this year. He got too busy. He had to bow out of our football fantasy league. Wow. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, Matty Fran, he, uh, he yeah. did the video. We chose that song. Um, just I liked that. At that time, I liked that song a lot. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that. to me, that song has always stood out a little bit because it was when they were a little – they were still on their upswing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the full commercialized, but it was kind of like a little taste of kind of how they transformed into – what they became, you know. So I, I just like that song a lot. Here's something that I, I ask everybody. I think I try to anyways. Uh, what's your best concert you've ever been to? I don't want to admit that, to be honest with you. <laughs> do you want to just move on? I don't want to. Do you want to carry on? Do you really? I mean, do you want to know? I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll double down on the crucifixion. Um, without, I've been to a lot. Yep. Without question, the best concert ever, uh, three years ago, Limp Biscuit. And I am sorry. To we got to go. We got to wrap this up, everybody. We got to wrap I, this up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a Limp Biscuit guy. Like, I, I've, I've never been, a, like, a fan. I've always liked a couple songs for five seconds. I went and watched them, and I'm like, you know what? Me and my wife went. We're like, hey, let's get up way up close early because I want to see Fred Durst. I just, you know, I thought it would be cool. She knew who, knew they, who they are. Uh-huh. And I'm not kidding you. For an hour, they... It was the best concert I've ever seen, performance-wise, crowd-wise, and I'm embarrassed to admit that. But Limp Bizkit, and it's not even close. And I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> we move forward. We do. Let's, let's. You know what? Let's take a commercial break. That's probably for the best. All right. Let's take gosh, a commercial yeah. break here. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects. Listen to this commercial from Race Tech Suspension. Use the code PulpMX17 to save. And Michelin Starcross Five. We love those guys at Michelin. The Starcross Fives are working well for a lot of people out there. And listen to this commercial. We'll be right back with Soundcheck with Daniel Blair. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on Racer X. 
I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right, if, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hit a motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet? You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. All right, I think we're back. We've co- we recovered from the best concert you've ever been to, Blair. Is anyone listening? I don't know. They probably. It, I think everyone's gone. <laughs> Moving uh, on to the next show. Uh, Fly Racing and Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protect. Sound check with uh, Daniel Blair, who's actually really was in a band and uh, and tried to top that Osborne, Sealy, and and AC. All right, uh, <laughs> next one up. Here we go. Uh, song number six. Just like strangers, and we speak to 
the Shadows by Story of the Year. A little harder there, right. brother. Yeah. Dude, so this one is... That's not like... That, that's my favorite song from them. Okay. But they, they for years, were my favorite band. And they're actually the reason why we started our band. So... In 2004, I drove the entire Supercross series with my brother. He was 17 years old. My parents had to sign the permission slip over for me to be his guardian. And we drove the whole series. And I remember we were in Macon, Georgia. And we were stopped just getting food or whatever. And we went into the mall. And I literally was like, I heard of this band. And I bought Story of the Year CD. And I listened to that CD for probably a year straight. They were my favorite band. And they are what actually started me and my brother like thinking, oh my God, we want to, I want to do a band. Let's do a band because of that band. They were, wow. they were it, man, for, for sure. For a long time. And even to this day, I, when I, like, I kind of, you know, listen to old stuff here and there. If I put them on, mm-hmm. oh, it's like major like memories of just being young and driving around the country racing with my little, you know, little brother and, uh, yeah, just major, major memories uh, from that song and from that band. When you put on your baggy gear, did this? Did you think about these guys? That was it. Yes. Yeah. When I had, wore my studded belt, um, that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was. That was these guys. And what's crazy is, as you mentioned earlier about us ever being on a label. Yep. The one label that we got kind of close to signing with was the guitar player from Story of the Years label. Oh. And it just didn't have the backing, and it didn't like. We were like, oh, let's do this. is the greatest thing in the world. And then once we actually looked at it, we're like, dude, this is not. I mean, it's like literally getting like a factory ride, you think, and then you're pitting out of a U-Haul. That's that's what kind of like a label it would have been. <laughs> right, right. Um, so it, it was, uh, but yeah, a huge for me and my brother and major influence on me as a singer. Like in the early stages of our band, everyone would always say, you sound like the singer of Story of the Year. You sound just like Dan from Story of the Year. And uh-huh. it was like, well, yeah, I'm straight up. Like, like- my favorite guy at the time um and we even came out with a song probably the best main event song that we ever did um we came out with it and it literally came out two months before story of the year's second album came out and they had a song that sounded almost identical to ours to where people kept saying that we copied them right so i scrapped the song and like literally have let no one ever hear it and it was probably the best song we ever did and we, uh. it was like preemptive we <laughs> we were so influenced by them that we literally wrote that almost the same song before they did, but because they were huge and we were nobodies, people made fun of me. So I tossed the song and no one's ever heard it. And oh, no wow. Gone. Oh, yeah. Sad. I hate it. In fact, it saddens me when I think about it because it was, I think, probably our best song ever. Right. So right. Yeah, that's that's story of the year for you. All right. Next up, sound check, Daniel Blair. Yeah. 
Valentine, which I have heard of uh, Bullet for My Valentine, but I've never heard this song. That was their first big hit that kind of blew them up. And I'll be honest, this song is probably responsible. Well, not this song, but this band is probably responsible for more fights between me and my brother <laughs> than any other band. So my brother's a metalhead. He's uh-huh. a straight up Metallica, Pantera. Um, he likes he likes the metal of all metal, and that's his roots. And I'm not like I don't like much metal. That, that's as that's as far metal as I'll go, and, and they get smashed on all the time because people don't think they're that metal. And that's kind of why I like them. Uh-huh. Um, but my brother, like, see, 2005 is when this kind of came out, and we were living down in Southern California. This is when our band was starting, and I was very story the year ish. My brother was like. I want to be a metal band. Let's be a metal band. And the problem is I can't scream. Like a lot of the front men can yeah. scream. I can't. I don't. I just, I just can't. So I didn't want to be a metal band because I can't scream. And, I'm not, and I, didn't, I didn't like that stuff as much. So that band, Vincent, wanted to be so much like them, and but then harder. And I wanted to be maybe at the furthest heavy like them. Sure. So we would get in fights a lot all the time because our, our influences were being pulled in separate directions. Um, but they end up being one of my favorite bands. I, I own every album. Um, I like every song. I mean, they're they're in my top five for sure. Um, and even they became kind of an influence on our second EP, the one that we actually do have on iTunes. It's heavily influenced by them. Like, imagine them with no screaming, and that's pretty much what we were um, on our second EP, which is the only one we've ever released. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're a huge influence, but at the same time, like, ooh, that was the beginning of like a lot of fights because my brother was like, <laughs> "You need to scream like him," and I'm like, "Dude, I can't, man. I'm sorry." And that was, but yeah, I love that band. Uh, that song, I found it on Madden. It was on a video game, okay. And uh, just dude, ever, ever since I heard it, um, just became like a diehard Bolt for my Valentine fan. Still to this day, they're one of my by far one of my favorite bands. They're one of the few bands that are still releasing stuff. And I like it. Like mm-hmm. there's not many left, and they're they're one of few. Do you know the lead singer at all, or does this story get it? No, I don't. Okay, he's, right. he's British. Uh, I don't right. know him. I don't know any more of the lead singers. Okay. So just just the one and only one.
That's All I Want by A Day to Remember. I like that one, Blair. Nice one. Yeah. They're they're a cool band, man. I actually just saw them in concert probably two months ago. Uh, they're opening for Avenged Sevenfold. And, dude, one of the coolest bands I've heard in a while. And I, it's funny because I went through a little period where I didn't, like, I wasn't into music for a while. I, I, I liked, you know, some of the stuff that was out, but I didn't get into it. I, I probably took a five, six-year break from, like, really being into anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last couple years uh, driving the tour, doing Arena Cross, like 2012 and I guess into 13 a little bit, um, I was taking these young kids with me, this kid named Jake Locks and Brian Alquist. They're, like, 10 years younger than me. They were just, you know, like kind of like my traveling buddies. And they introduced me to it because it's a little bit more their generation than mine. Yep. And, yeah, I became a pretty big fan. I'm not a diehard, though, because they're kind of weird. Like, half of their music is, like, this, like, screamo-y, like, that's like that song, which is more of your, like, kind of melancholy, lag-wagon-y feel, uh-huh. but kind of a modernized feel of that stuff. So I, I really like, like, half of them. Like a lot, and the other half, I just can't stand it. But uh, you know, they're a cool band, and yeah, just saw them recently. And even the way they play live, they're just fun. They're kicking stuff into the crowd and jumping around. They're just—they don't take themselves very serious. And yeah, that's one of the very few bands in the last five years that I've actually come to light. There's not many. There's not much out there. I mean, there's little songs you're, here and there, but you're telling they're me, one of the bro. few bands. Yeah, you're they're one of the few me. that I actually. I listen to them and, and I, I I really like them. Like I, they like the dudes are all cool. They're laid back. They're, they don't take themselves serious, but they're pretty damn good. So if you were, yeah, if, it, you were to look to at my, uh, if you were to look at my list of bands, you'd think I'd suffered a head injury in in about 1998, and that and that was all I remember. <laughs> and it just all ended, <laughs> right? Absolutely, <laughs> that was the end. Uh, yeah, and 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 I don't I don't you know I can't argue with that man. Like I said earlier, there's not much. Like, the next band that you're about to play is one of the very few. Um, that have done something unique and different, and I've seen them live twice. Uh-huh. Um, they are very, very unique. They, they, they are drawn from a lot of influences, yet they're modern. They had a number one hit last year. I'll, well, I'll let you play uh, it, and I'll, I'll tell you about it. it. Yep.
This is the time by Nothing More, and you're right, Blair. Very unique sound, very unique things going on in that song. Yeah, and not just the song. That their that album, which was their that was their second album. This is only a couple years ago, but this is their second album, but their first one to really launch them. And uh, it's a weird kind of a story on that too, because when our band made our kind of sort of wannabe attempt at a return a couple years ago, uh-huh. we had an in with the label that they're on. It's called Eleven Seven, and they have Five Finger Death Punch, Papa Roach. Like, there, it's a huge label, mm-hmm. and we kind of had a little foot in the door there. And that door shut pretty quickly, um, and I I don't know the details of why, but they pretty much just weren't interested. Let's yeah. let's put it that way. Right. Um, but I was like, kind of like a little bummed. Like, man, what the heck? You know, we're 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 new, or we have a, a kind of our own cool sound, whatever. So I started kind of look, listening to the bands that they had just signed, kind of like maybe getting an idea of maybe our direction wasn't the right thing. Uh-huh. And I listened to their website deal. I went on it, and there was this band, nothing more. And I listened to that song, and I went, man, okay, I get it. Like, they're they're searching for something a little bit new. We're a little bit too generic, probably. Um, and I'm like, God, this is really, really good. And I'm looking on the radio charts, and they're nowhere. I'm like, these guys are they're nothing. They're, I mean, they must have just found them or whatever. And for, like, a few months, I liked that song, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I'm following them on Twitter, and they there they are, and they're on the radio, and then they're rising, and then they're rising, and then all of a sudden, it just shoots, and they're number one on active rock radio, and then I went and watched them live, and they are phenomenally the most insanely talented musicians. Their whole album is super unique, um, but still modern enough to kind of like catch people commercially. They, they really did it well. Like uh-huh. they, they were they were definitely off off the commercial sound, but enough to get them on there. And dude, they they're blowing up. They've toured with all the biggest bands. And the sad part of the story is they just released their next album, and it is wet hot garbage. They <laughs> they just blew it. They literally their their most recent album is crap. And now yeah. I'm off the bandwagon. But that album that that song was on is one right. of the. Probably one of the only bands that I've heard of in the last five years where I actually bought the album and listened to it all the way through and are uh, like a diehard fan, at least of that album. Talk about their, their stuff being garbage, and, and I can I can relate. My, some of my favorite bands have just put out discs that I'm like, I'll never listen to this again, and I can't figure out why they did it. But everybody's you know in a different place at a different time. When it came time for you to write lyrics to Vincent's music or, or whatever, like, did you... How did you do it? What was your method? Did you have to be in a weird mood to write? Did you have to be in a certain mood to write? Uh, what kind of stuff worked for you? Uh, a little bit of everything. I, I, I Sadly, I mean, one of the reasons why we probably didn't make it, too, is I'm just not messed up enough as a lead singer. Yep. Most lead singers are, you know how they are. Yeah, They're, yeah for they, sure. They got issues. And I'm, I had a fairly normal childhood, and <laughs> I've never really had any dramatic issues happen to me, so I'm kind of a little too vanilla. In fact... Funniest thing ever, we played a show uh, once um, up in Reno, and Sean Palmer, you know Sean Palmer, yeah, the old course. snowboarder, yeah. he was there, and he's watching us, and he was I was friends with him and a little bit. He was friends with our group, and we played the show, and he comes up to me after. He's like, hey, man, good job. I was like, thanks. He goes, you guys are never going to make it. <laughs> I'm like, why? He's like, because you're too much of a pussy. And I'm like, uh, okay. okay. And I didn't really understand what he meant, but like, I ended up kind of understanding it later. This, I, as a front man, I was a little too conservative, a little bit too vanilla and a little too, I would, I, I would say a little too commercial. And mm-hmm. I didn't have like that it factor. Cause I'm just, 
I'm not on drugs, man, like the rest of them. So, uh, but yeah, that was a, a, a weird conversation. It might have been the only time I ever really talked to him one on one, and he called me a pussy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, like on a much smaller level, writing stories, writing articles, doing things, you know, a traditional call Daniel Blair up and interview him about his um, his race. That's easy. I can do that anytime. But when I got to dive right. into a story, dive into um, something uh, on whatever, any kind of opinion I have or any kind of thing I want to do, like I got to. I just can't do it. I got to be feeling fresh. I can't be tired. I maybe need some coffee. I need to, like, I need to do it first thing in the morning. You know what I mean? I need these kind of things to be creative. I agree. And it's, and you know what? It doesn't matter. Sometimes you can't control it. There are some days when no matter what you do, nothing creative is coming out of you. No, nothing. And then sometimes I, I swear most of our songs, I would say were written on the fly, like I was in the moment, and yeah, I yeah. and I could I could write lyrics for an entire song in probably an hour, yep. and then some would I would sit there for a <laughs> month and I can't even get a word out. It's 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 really rare. That's why now I never I, I'm more of a melody guy than a lyric kind of guy, at least as a fan. But I've gotten into lyrics more and more now that I become kind of a, a you know a lyricist. And there's guys that I really respect. Jacoby's one, the Rise Against guy. Like when I hear a good lyricist now. I'm like, man, what yeah. are you on? Because I need some of that. Because <laughs> um, um, it's 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 hard to get in the mood to to nail stuff that's like not just generic, you know? Yeah, a lot of books I've read, magazine stories, lyricists, artists, lead singers, they have a pad of paper everywhere they go. Were you that guy? Always. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. always. I mean, I a lot of them were written just driving. Um, even to this day. Uh, if I get a melody in my head, I'll pull out my phone and voice memo it and yep. like sing just random words. And then yeah, yeah. some other day, I'm like putting pen to paper. It, it, it hits you at times right. when you are influenced, and you don't really have the choice of when that is. And it's yeah. I mean, I can only imagine you even writing. Like sometimes you're probably like, I can't even write the first word. No. Yeah. Sometimes. And then sometimes you you can rip the whole thing without even thinking. It's just yeah. you gotta. It's you got to, when you're hot, you got to, you got to go for yeah, it. Yeah. I was in the mood to rank all the national tracks one day on an airplane flying to a race and I landed, opened up my laptop and wrote from 6 PM to probably midnight and wrote the whole thing. Uh, you know, however many words it was ranked all the national tracks in all these different categories just was inspired. Just wanted to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's a hundred percent how yeah. it is as a vocalist and a lyricist. It's, I mean, I, I've I've spent time in the studio where I'm standing there and the producer's going, dude, come up with something. And I'm like, I can't. I can't think of a word. I can't. Yeah. I, there's nothing. I'm so, going to sound like Dr. Seuss if I try to, like, <laughs> fake rhyme something. And then yeah. and then there's some days where I could literally write a whole song in a half hour just in my phone in the notes. Yeah. It's, it's, hey, it's a little, you got to be a little lucky. One of the great Van Halen songs, Hagar said he was in the shower, jumped out of the shower soaking wet, ran to find his notepad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just one of those things. That's how it happens. So, right. Oh, yeah. All right. Last song here. Uh, never heard of this, but it was really cool once I found it and listened to it. So here we go.
fun song. It's uh, California Dreaming by Hollywood Undead. Yep, and this will go on my podium of songs that I think people are going to rip me up over. A lot of people don't like these guys, and and I actually understand why. And if you would have never said who it was, I bet a lot of people wouldn't have known it was them. So they are normally a rap rock band where okay. they rap their verses and then they sing their choruses. And I'll be honest with you, they they have some really cheesy stuff that's pretty bad. Uh-huh. But when they kind of like away from the rap and they kind of go a little bit more like tilt rock they have some of the most awesome songs like I mean their last couple albums have got three or four songs on each album that is just awesome um, but they yeah people they're, they're one of those MySpace fans they blew up on MySpace I think they were way bigger online than they really were but then it kind of translated and took off and they actually they're pretty damn big now and um, yeah, at this moment, they are my current kind of jam. I've been listening to them a lot recently, and that's that's a new song off their new album. And uh, yeah, when they're when they're not Dr. Seuss rapping, uh-huh. um, they're pretty damn good. But yeah, they get a, they get a bad rap. I don't know anything about these guys, but I thought this this song was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it's yeah. it's energized. It's yeah. uh, it, it's really really cool song and. The weird part, their story is really weird. They had their original singer who wrote most of their stuff in the beginning uh, is a guy named Deuce. And they, yeah, not Seven Deuce Deuce, but just, (laughs) he's just Deuce. Um, And he got kicked out and started his own thing that sounds almost identical to them. And they've like, they're like in lawsuits. They fought each other. Like they all jumped him at one of his shows. (laughs) Um, And from what I understand too, the guys aren't the best of all dudes. I have some mutual friends that know them that Uh I'm fairly close with that say they're not the coolest of all dudes. But musically, they're, like you said, they're fun. They're, to me right now, I'm just, I'm on a little bit of a kick with them. And that song is brand new. And I, I like them a lot. But yeah, they're. I'm not as into the band as I am into the music. You know, you know yeah, how you yeah. can be into some music, yeah. but you might not be invested in the members. Yep, that's what it is for me with these guys. I don't, I don't. I'm not into them, but yeah. man, I, I there's about ten songs of theirs that I could put on a loop, and yeah. they're it's pretty good stuff. So yeah, no, Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye Blind seems like a douchebag from everything I've read and heard, <laughs> like complete d bag. With and there's nobody in the band except for him in the original band. Um, yeah, because he's kicked everybody out and he's taken the rights from them. And there's actually some of the bands are some of the guys are touring under a band called N3B, like not Third Eye Blind. <laughs> this is, oh man, oh, that's it's, just, awesome. it's just a disaster. But but I, I, I the guy can write a song, man. He can write a song. You know? Yeah, so. that's tough. Uh, Breaking Benjamin is another band that I left off there. That's probably pretty high on my list of bands that I've liked for a long time. And yeah. I mean, the band's called Breaking Benjamin. The guy's name is Ben Bur- uh, Ben Burnley. It's his, I think it's his last name, but it's his band. But yeah, he kicked everyone out of the band not too long ago, um, <laughs> and brought every like all of his buddies in. Yeah, and it was kind of a big ordeal. But the only difference with that one is he wrote everything. So when he would write an album, they would all just be at home waiting for him to write the <laughs> entire thing. He would write the drums, guitar, yeah. bass, vocals, and yeah. then they'd go in the studio and do it. Yeah. But then they got in some fights, whatever, and he booted everyone out, brought in a whole new crew, and it sounds the exact same because it's still just him writing. Yeah, so. It's like I was telling AC, like Billy Billy Corgan did everything on Siamese Dream for Smashing Pumpkins, everything. And, uh, everyone, wow, I didn't everyone, know that. Yeah, everyone just kind of stood around and like, okay, Billy, I guess you're ready. And then they went in and they toured or whatever. But 
you know, when uh, you're one of those. Sometimes guys. that yeah. it depends, and some bands work that way, where you just need one chief to kind of run the show, and then the ones where it's like everyone's kind of equal. That you're 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 playing a tough hand because yeah. personalities don't always mesh in all times. I mean, you can all get along great on one day. I mean, my band. <laughs> Look at your brother. Oh my God! There Look was at you and your brother. We were, <laughs> dude. We, yeah, we were literally blood brothers, dude. And there's times when I wanted to choke him, um, <laughs> for just the simplest disagreements. But man, when you're when yeah. you're all in on something and you're giving your whole heart. Yep. If someone else has an opinion that's different than yours, it doesn't take much for you to you know, react in a bad way. And that's why I think these bands, I heard you say it with either Zach or Adam, like how you guys just can't be rich. You can't figure out the millions. Right. It's so amazing. I don't think it matters at that point because once that becomes kind of natural or normal to them, it goes back to how can we get along? And they just personalities can't, I mean, it's just, it's a tough gig to get along. It's a tough gig for a man and woman to be husband and wife. Well, Imagine five dudes all trying to like magically be on the same page. It, yeah. it doesn't work most of the time. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. And I just look at it and be like, come on, everybody. You can't split the millions up right, but you're right. It doesn't they, matter. They can't, yeah. dude. They can't because they, they, that doesn't mean nothing when you're in the heat of an argument and you say something you don't mean to say. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. we had those moments, too. We went through probably ten members overall, and a lot of them, I look back and go, oh, that was – that was unnecessary. That was, we didn't need to. We didn't need to do that one. But yeah, eh, it's just that's how music goes. I mean, it's, right. it's uh, tough. Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Stars. This is a sound check with Daniel Blair. Thanks, man. That was fun. Um, yeah, yeah, it was good. It's cool. When when you said you were going to do this, I was like, man, great move because it, the the people don't get to see the riders. I mean, obviously, I'm speaking for more like Zach and Cole. You don't get to know them other than like yeah. what line choice they made or why they switched suspense. You don't get to know them that well. Yep. So this is like your chance to like know who yeah. Adam Cincerello really is. And I do. When you told me you were going to do this, I was like, man, great. Yeah, great you you, uh, you texted me and said, I'm a, I, I got to do one. I'm on board. I, I'm in. Oh, so. yeah. Well, I, when I heard Adam's, I was like, oh, my God, I want to do this. And then but you're actually a musician. List, you're actually a musician. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, we got to have Daniel Blair. Like you're actually – you played concerts and stuff, so it's great. Yeah, it was cool, man. It, um, it was a it was a fun chapter for sure. But like I've kind of said sporadically through this thing, it it really wasn't meant to be. Personalities didn't didn't fit the role. Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, the timing. I mean, maybe if I was younger and a little bit more messed up, I think we could have made it. But <laughs> little, I was just married and normal. A little more messed up. Damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, that, yeah, it was fun. It was good. I just got to find more racers to do it with. Like I've told those other three guys and you, I just, I got a feeling I'll be doing 10 auto tune rap songs for a lot of writers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Wait, when's the, when's the deuce deuce coming on, man? Uh, he doesn't know if he could do it. He, he, I said, you, you know, I asked him about it and he's just like, I don't know, bro. I like a lot of rap, but I can get down with ACDC. And I'm like, okay, great. So ACDC and then t- uh, nine, and then what? nine auto tune rap yeah. songs. So, and I don't get that, man. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I apologize if this comes across offensive to people listening in, but I don't get this new rap thing. I don't. <laughs> Jacob Hayes is a buddy of mine, man, yeah. and I'll be at Arena Cross, and he's got his headphones in, and I pull one ear off. I'm uh-huh. like, i got to hear this. Right. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, yeah, you're getting pumped up. to the, This is the worst talentless garbage I've ever heard in my life. This this is – and he's like, dude, this is, this is good. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, I'm old. 
So I'm with you too. I'm it's with you too. Official. <laughs> I'm old. Um, well, awesome, man. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you to uh, everybody for listening to these. Uh, we're going to keep on trying to do them. Blake Wharton is coming up too. So um, uh, that'll be exciting. And, uh, and we'll keep trying to find some guys to do it. I think it'll be fun. So uh, thanks again to Fly Racing for making this happen and Racer X and you, Daniel Blair. Uh, thanks, Ben. Thank you, bro. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,